You're listening to Angus Underground, featuring insight, opinion, and answers to the questions on everyone's mind. Prepare to be educated, entertained, and empowered with insight, news, and conversation with today's newsmakers. From the well-known to the not-so-well-known, raise your flag and join the revolution as your hosts, David, Joe, and Corbin, take you underground. Broadcasting live from the Sahara Desert, otherwise known as Big Fork, Montana. Welcome to the underground. So, guys, we uh, we were having some lively conversation before we hit record. But um, so, a fellow by the name of Grady Creighton, Grady Creighton. I don't know him. Do you guys know him? Never heard of him. So, Grady Creighton. <laughs> commented somewhere on the Angus Underground community page on Facebook today, at yesterday, I don't know when, but so Facebook deleted his comment for hate speech. Grady, let me give you a heads up, buddy. I think you probably didn't mean anything. Folks, read what you type before you hit submit. I think it's that simple. Punctuation is a thing, okay? Periods, commas. Can you say the B word on social media? Like, is that well? Apparently not. You you can't call Joe one. Facebook will kick you off. I'll bet you it triggered (laughs) Facebook because our president's name. That's why it triggered Facebook. I'll guarantee you. I never made that connection there. Build back better. Oh, yeah. Build back better, Grandpa. (laughs) Aren't you glad you share a name with him, Joe? Joey. Uh, so my dad said, Joey. Oh, man. I'm not even going to go there. Don't. Do we have any topics today? Are we going to talk about anything? Or are we just going to banter yeah. about morons on Joey the internet? Joey the fish. Joey the fish. Joey the fish. Yeah. So, Vince, what's what's your new favorite podcast? After oh, Angus man. Underground? I don't even know the name of it, but I'm hooked like all day long. Yeah. What's what's that called? Man, that is so good. Our, our thing. Our thing. Our thing. The, the story of Sammy the Bull. Yeah. Sammy the Bull Gravano. Yeah. Yeah. It's I stumbled awesome. upon that. That was so cool. And then I uh I linked up Vince to it. If if you like mobsters, my gosh, that's that's good listening. It really is. Yeah. Oh boy, yeah. I might have to try that. Yeah, our thing, Sammy the Bull Gravano. But uh so how's things been going, guys? Fantastic. Caliente. <laughs> and here we are. Fantastic. And Oklahoma. It's not Montana Ranch hot, but it's hot here. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to tell you what. Yeah. It's, it's uh, been warm. <laughs> you've seen those people getting lost in Death, Death Valley yeah. where it's 146 <laughs> degrees. I'm going to tell you what. We're pretty close to that. Yeah. And here um, we go. Just as dry, just as hot. Been up to Damn. like an 82. It used to be like a pretty popular movie setting where like where there's a guy wandering through a desert and he sees a mirage of water and he gets to the horizon <laughs> and it's just more desert. I feel like that's where David's at right yes. now. Well, we we've had this mirage all week. All week. Even though he has green grass. They they've been well, we've got a little bit of irrigation water, but all week the forecast, even today, it says eighty-eight percent chance of rain. We haven't seen a drop. We just got a flood. Well, it says zero percent chance of rain, and it's a hundred freaking fifteen. So kiss my grits. And it has been for two weeks. Man, August sucks. Yeah, I don't think the rain can can hit the ground here for all the smoke. 
Yeah. You got smoke too? <laughs> oh man. Oh, don't yeah. you got the double? You got the Canada smoke and I saw that on the news of it. On my news. Oh, I have no up. idea. I assume this smoke is local because there's fires all around us. They were saying somewhere had the, the like your smoke and the Canadian smoke hitting at the same time. Double smoke. Yeah, it's so. do people still really watch like the real news? I know that's totally off topic. No, it was on my phone. Oh, <laughs> they, they come to the underground for the news. <laughs> is, is TV still a thing? <laughs> oh, me. So, Joe, Joe's Judge Joe. Oh, dear. Judge Joe has, <laughs> has been out selecting Herefords for his uh, grand champion steers all over the state of California. Good I job, have. Joe. Good Herefords. Listeners Herefords, by the way. Listeners oh. Herefords. Oh, That's you might the be best a part. Biased. Oh, we got some biases going on. That's what oh, I do now. No. Rather than look at the halter, I said, what are your listening preferences? That's what I say. <laughs> They're in your pocket, too. You know yeah. where they have you write the little bio now? I'm just going to put Joe B expletive from the Angus Underground. Yeah. That's what I'm going to yeah. put. Go Thanks Joe so. B. Yeah, Joe B. If you go walking by and they say, What's up, Joey the Fish? Then you're going to know. <laughs> oh, and hey, what'd you guys think of my new Sail Ring Live hat, by the way? I don't know how I'm supposed to wear it. Are you supposed you to curve yeah. the bill? No, no, you, no. You got to leave it fat. Do you take yep. the sticker off, though? The sticker oh, off. No. You leave the oh, sticker gosh. on. Okay. Well, what's, how much melanin do you have in your skin? It depends. <laughs> I'm that pretty depends much. if the sticker stays or not. I get to leave my sticker. I no, I had, a teacher, sticker. I had a teacher one time tell me I was the color of mayonnaise. I mean, so <laughs> it says this hat is UPF 50, which I think is smart for people hey. like me. So was it? Did she tell you the color of petty mayonnaise? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Inside uh, joke. Inside gosh. joke. <laughs> no, not, I'm not a fan of that hat. I love Silvering nope. Live, but my gosh, where did they get that hat? I think it's a wonderful hat. You know how long that hat would stay white if I owned it? <laughs> That's what I'm having <laughs> in trouble. I have to like get out of the shower for five minutes and then I put it back on the counter because yeah, I can't wear it. It would have a sweat ring in three minutes. <laughs> and I don't know how these hog jocks, how are the hog jocks keeping them white too? Because they build legs, they paint them, they yeah. do all that stuff now. They don't keep them white. They, they don't wear hats, but they do wear shorts, cargo shorts. They have shorts. the wind pants. They wear the wind no, pants too. No, cargo shorts. Yeah. Have you noticed the shorts are getting shorter and shorter oh, all the time? Oof. I'm not I'm Man not going time. there. I'm not. It's cargo shorts to the knee or nothing for me. <laughs> you know, cargo shorts are cargo good. shorts are out. My wife makes fun of me for make wearing them. She said they're so out. So you have to wear you have to wear pleated ones? Like the pleated uh, shorts. She got me one pair. I felt like I was a freaking baseball coach. Did you have bikes? You had the bike shorts. Like, I'm not wearing these. <laughs> oh my gosh! You had to send a picture of you wearing the no. in-team shorts. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. Men, when did men start buying shorts that were me- measured by the inseam? Like, <laughs> what the hell happened? Where have you oh my gosh! They have pronouns. Oh yeah, let's gosh. not go oh, there. We can't do it. Joe said no. More more hate mail coming our way. Joe yeah. lives in California. We can't do it. Yeah, so I'm I'm really proud of all of our listeners. Uh, last time, last episode, Joe sends out a plea. Hey, hey, like and review us. Uh, review us on. Uh, I said positive likes only. That's what I. Oh said. my gosh! <laughs> Did we get hammered? Our numbers tank. No, no. Actually, it went up. Thanks, thanks, listeners. Oh, I'm but, gonna take a look. <laughs> 
but I did go back and read some of the comments. Uh, all the recent comments were good. The early comments back before I we paid attention were terrible. Like you asshole. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> we're just Premium a bunch edit. of guys. Hey, go get your own dang podcast. Oh, <laughs> man. We're just a bunch of guys. It was like Dang Angus Dad like... Five or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and you probably put his kid last, Joe. I probably yeah. did. Yeah, just like the guy at the at the show. Uh, so I judged two shows: one last two weeks ago. Well, I guess it was last week, and then one this week. And uh, I could hear this guy, right? Like you can kind of smell them by the time you get mid afternoon. They be on the beer a little bit, and they're sitting there talking to one of my customers, and just like loud enough for me to hear. He's like. This guy, he's been using Herefords all day. He just hates Angus cattle. And, you know, <laughs> my customer's like, you know that like he he sells quite a few Angus bulls. No, he doesn't. There ain't no way. So I came back over and I was like, sir, uh, what do you think of what I did with that last class? And uh, we ended up working through it. Let's put it that way. We ended yeah. up working through it. But it's interesting, isn't it, David? When you judge, like all these shows are usually two-year contracts. Well, that's that's a new deal. Is that's it a new in California deal. for the for the county fairs? It's always yeah. two year contracts. So I know ne- I never get asked back a second time. No, that's great policy. <laughs> so uh, it's always a, I, I get a kick out of it though. It's a, I get a big bang out of it because if you use a smoke steer, then next year you'll see like fifteen smoke steers. If you use a Hereford steer, then you see all these Hereford steers. You use a black steer, oh, you yeah. see all black steers. But I, I I will tell you guys, I never judge this one show. Um, so the guy that was supposed to judge it ended up finding out he, he'd sold some calves there. He didn't know whatever. So they called me and they said, Hey, would you fill in? And, and it was, it was the best show I've ever judged in my career. I mean, absolutely. Shout out to the Redwood empire up there in Mendocino County. What a great group of families, great group of kids. I mean, just uh fantastic, fantastic. They started that show at 5 PM. So then everybody could be off of work or whatever. And then they come down and, it was it was so cool, so so cool, and um, I just I was really grateful. I mean, I didn't feel like I did a fantastic job. I just did my job, but I'd never been in a fair where I had to wait inside the ring for an hour while people were lined up coming, wanting to shake my hand and thank yeah. me for coming. I mean, that was pretty pretty special, pretty That's cool, pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, usually Shauna's got the car warmed up, and uh, she drives <laughs> by the ring as I pick my champion. I hop in and I leave. You're the guy that doesn't talk the bottom three in the class, right? You're like, uh, the no, bottom no, three no. kind of get out of horse by the time ahead of them, and then on to the next class. I'll spend more time talking uh, uh, 16th place than I do the first place because I, I want the kids to feel good. When he came to Tennessee, he had he brought muscle with him. He had I Sammy. Big yeah. Sammy. Sammy the Sammy. Bull. Sammy the Bull. Nice. Sammy the Bull. <laughs> Sammy the Bull airs. Yeah. Hey, do your yeah. guys' county fairs, do they uh, do they do showmanship first? Yeah, a lot of them do. Yeah. I love that. I love that I because I, I told them, you don't like getting the preview? We no. always have, but on our preview, they've moved it to last when all our cattle were wore out. So I, I will tell you, to me, the ultimate showmanship is when you have a panel you know, a panel of three judges, they sit in the stands. Okay. Oh, and they yeah. judge showmanship during the show. Oh, that'd be that fantastic. Would be awesome. Yes, That's perfect. Would. Yeah, I would love that. I would love that. But I prefer showmanship first over market, then showmanship. Oh, wow. And I'll tell you why is because I'll announce to the crowd, I'm going to take a lot of time, a lot of time helping these young people. A lot of them, it's the one show that they'll go to the entire year. 
So I help them with some skills and stuff and I'll take a lot of time. But then when we get to market class, I'm almost pulling them on the walk. I mean, just like moving through them fast because I've already seen them. I've already handled them. Um, I just want to double check again and make sure we don't miss anything. But I like having showmanship first. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Uh, welcome to Beyond the Ring uh, featuring <laughs> no Joe, Joe Rash. Oh, stop. Okay, stop. so yeah, we'll, we'll cover shows another time. Good grief, Joe. I was just patting you on the back for judging. Okay. Oh, I was just bloviating. I, I was, <laughs> oh, boy. Joe expletive. Yeah. Go. How go, was your day, go, David? Me. It was great. It was just a banner day. Every day that I have is a banner day, if you didn't know. Yeah. Yes. No, it was good. It was good. Have you rounded out, Kevin? You're done completely now? 16 head left. 16 head. Yeah. Yeah. They're just going to dribble in now darn things but uh no we're uh we're working on cell prep actually today i i wanted to start working on uh cell selection finalizing that and catalog but no i didn't get there yeah it's going to be a busy month coming up joe go ahead and get your book into shana so that that's out of the way what scares me is you're working on more things than i am and i think i'm a month ahead of you yeah you are yeah isn't it your cell later this year david a little bit no. Mm-mm. No, the 12th? 11th. October 11th, yeah. November 11th. Oh, you're doing two again. Ooh, yeah. Uh, oh, after yeah. Last year, last year said, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. And we're going to do some embryo sales and, and we'll, we'll have fun. I'm never doing that again. I lie. By the way, so uh, our next episode, everybody circle that on your calendar. I don't know what the date's going to be, but two weeks from the time that this airs. Uh, that'll be our second anniversary episode, and uh, that's going to be a, kind of a fan appreciation, a listener appreciation episode where we're going to answer your questions. So, uh, and we record a week ahead, folks. So get your questions in. Text them, email them to Vinny. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But be sure you get the right email because apparently he has like you seven will read not. You will he, not get it read if you email it to me. He has about 5,000 emails, of which I, I never know which is the right one to send. But no, it's uh, angusunderground at yahoo.com. Get those questions in because you have one week from today. And uh, we're going to, that's going to be a lot of fun. Where are we emailing? Say it again. Angus underground at at yahoo.com. They needed to hear again, Corey. (laughs) Again, Angus underground at yahoo.com. But let's get those in. Uh, We've done this once before. It was a lot of fun. I've previewed some of the questions that have been sent in. Holy smokes. Do not send them to Corbin because he has 400 unread text messages. Yeah, and Joe's going to be on the hot seat. Man, every question's about Joe. Are you kidding me? Oh, nope. yeah, it's good. That's, and you oh, have great. to answer. Yeah, but I can't answer in under 30 seconds. So how are we going to do 50 <laughs> and 50 minutes? Well, we're, we're going to have a buzzer. Okay. I recommend everyone read something to read. For <laughs> the reading material. <laughs> bring, a, bring a New York Times crossword puzzle. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'll bring a horn and I'll honk it every time when you're out of time. Are you looking to market your semen or embryos? Introducing GeneBrokers.com, the industry's first true breeder-to-breeder online marketplace. 
Whether you're cleaning out your tank or selling semen on your special herd sire, GeneBrokers.com provides a platform to showcase your genetics to breeders from around the globe. Our intuitive portal allows you to create listings, monitor inventory levels, and customize your storefront. With GeneBrokers.com, there are no listing fees and a modest 10% transaction fee due at the time of sale. For those looking to purchase genetics online, GeneBrokers.com offers dynamic sorting functions to help you narrow your search to find exactly what you're looking for. Each transaction is fast, easy, and secure. All sales are backed by GeneBrokers Quality Guarantee Policy for smooth, hassle-free transactions. To make your next purchase or to begin marketing your genetics, visit GeneBrokers.com, where you'll find genetics at the speed of commerce. So on, on this episode today, though, we're going to cover a handful of topics that were brought up on Angus Underground community page on Facebook. And then there's a couple of little topics that I just want to comment on that no one really brought up. I'm in one of those moods and feel like picking on someone. So guys, let's, let's kick it off. And, and I'm sorry, I didn't write any names down on this, but, uh, this is actually a topic that, uh, appeared on Angus Underground community page today. And we've had numerous, numerous people call us, email us, text us, want to know about embryo cooperator agreements. Okay. So, so basically, for those that don't know what that means, let's use Vinny as an example. Vinny produces embryos. He doesn't run enough reships, but he'd like to put those reships in. Embryos in. What did I say? Reships. I'm reship. sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. But, uh, yeah, we're <laughs> going to put those embryos in for, for uh, vents. Uh, we're going to put them into, let's say, Corbin's commercial cows. And then Corbin's going to uh, basically deliver wean calves to vents. Okay, so what does that agreement look like? And, by the way, I, I, I work with cooperators. I think Joe does. Vince has. Corbin does. So let's peel that back real quick. Let's not dwell on it. And and you don't have to give specifics, but Corbin, what, what does your agreement look like? So what our agreement is, it's pretty simple. We pay $350 over whatever his steers bring whenever he sells them. That's just keeping it simple. Um, it usually works out to be pretty fair for both parties. He's getting a premium for what he's doing, but he's having to do quite a bit of extra work. So he's getting a little bit more money. Um, the one sort of piece of advice that I kind of wanted to give was if you guys are going to do a cooperator herd, be sure, um, don't go put in just a bunch of embryos you have that are just surplus. Make sure you're putting, you know, it's worth your time. It's something that's going to advance you. Um, cause whenever you do that and you're just like, well, I've got all these frozen embryos on inventory. I might as well just stick them in. Well, guess what? You end up paying 2000 bucks for a calf that you really is not the cream of the crop. And so really take your time and whenever you're selecting those embryos to put in, because it, it does get expensive for sure. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point, Corbin. How, how about you, Joe? I wrote down uh, one of my favorite little quotes is the rule of all conflict is unmet expectations. So just make sure that you have everything spelled out. We want yeah, birth weights yeah. on everything. We want two eyes in every calf. We don't want one to show up with foot rot. We don't. We will not take one that is stifled. We will not take one that you know. If if torn ears are an issue for you, I I don't know. 
but make sure to put all those things out. We, we do a premium thing just like Corbin and, you know, at times I think that's not enough premium for the hassle, but then I'll tell you what, on a year like this, when you got to write a check, like you do, it's plenty, it's plenty because also with us, when, when I say these unmet expectations, discuss who's paying the embryo transfer. We pay the embryo transfer. Who's going to buy cedars? Who's going to buy drugs? You know, like, uh, do you have VFDs? Because if you have VFDs and technically you're ordering those drugs for someone else's cows, I mean, just make sure to talk about all those things. Be sure that you, uh, you know, the biggest one that I've seen though, guys, this is for me, is training these folks how to properly heat detect cows. Um, that's one where the Estrotech patches have really, really helped us a lot as a tool, but a lot of those cattle that did not have an observed heat and we give them what we call an appointed heat, that one you're kind of gambling on a little bit. Um, you know, just make sure, make sure all the expectations are spelled out disposition, you know, um, uh, then you, once you get to know a cooperator, then, then you can kind of understand what I really want to do, it, it's never enough money to pay these folks, especially when calves are bringing what they're bringing right now. It's never enough because once that market goes high, they're going to go, screw this. We we lost one cooperator because they lost 100 calves. They wanted to rope and brand. They didn't get to do that. And so their, their cowboys weren't happy. And so any excuse to be done with you. So I try to find people who are passionate about beef cattle improvement, don't want to take the risk, and they can kind of be a part of our program. They really get to know the pedigrees. They get to become passionate about it themselves. It's sort of like they they have their own little purebred herd. Those are the ones that I've found do the best job for us. Absolutely. Yep. Big Vince, how about you? I got nothing. I don't do it. We used and, to do it years ago, but I don't anymore. But but what happened? Nothing. Why, why don't you do it? Nothing. Nothing happened. Okay. I mean, we, we got out of the business, and then now we're back in the business. I don't even know that the guy does it anymore. Okay. Okay, that's fair enough. So, um, I'll, I'll tell you what my experience has been, and it's it's uh, it's been good. It's been bad. It's been all over the board. Joe and Corbin both brought up great points. Um, here at Montana Ranch, we're on our geez, I don't know fourth cooperator, and none of them, none of them have said this is not worthwhile for us. Um, we had one that basically changed his career. We had another one that said, we can't find enough help to synchronize all these cows. And then we had one that sold his ranch and moved to another state. So uh, that changed. And, and, and now we're working with uh, Joe and Katie McAfee, which Joe, Joe has met good friends, great bull customers, uh, run a tight ship, great operation. And um, so the one thing that, that uh, Joe brought up was, communication and communication is key and communication is key in whatever we do. Okay. Anytime you're working with someone else, whether it's a coworker, whether it's uh, um, a cooperate an ET cooperator, whether it's your spouse, communication is key. And, and so I make sure upfront that I communicate every expectation and, and I'll also communicate, Hey, if this doesn't happen, it's fine. You know, Joe and Katie, when they entered into this deal with us, they didn't know. They had never done this before. And uh, I feel, as the embryo provider, I feel an obligation to provide embryos that will make pregnancies. Absolutely. You know, so I'm not sending any low grades to them. You know, let's face it, the IVF embryos, you're going to get a lower conception rate on. Uh, we 
primarily IVF donors here. And, and so last year, I wanted to kind of hedge my bets a little bit. So we, any partnership cow that we could get conventionally flushed, we did that just so that we can boost that conception rate up a little bit. Be, because from a cooperator standpoint, even though, even though uh, you guys are paying these huge premiums over top steer price, so it's, it's wrecking their herd. It's wrecking their herd in the fact that you are creating some late calving cows or even open cows out of cows that were calving up front in the season. So it's, it's not all wine and roses for the cooperator. And, and I've, yeah, I've gone on record before and said, if I wasn't doing this purebred deal, I'd probably run an ET cooperator herd. But I know going into that, that I'm going to have to run twice as many cows as what embryos I'm going to place. You know, I've got to, I've got to make up for that attrition year to year. Yeah, and you've almost got to find a way to source replacement females with great consistency that met your health standards too. But I agree with yeah. you, David. Abby and I've talked about the same thing. We go on our own. There's going to be an element of it that's raising embryo calves for somebody. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I like to put it in writing. It doesn't have to be a, an official contract drafted by an attorney. Uh, well, Joe and Katie, I think we, we laid it all out into an email. Okay. They're good people. We're, we think we're good people. I mean, this is not going to go to court if something goes off the rails. Okay. Just lay out those expectations and, and always keep in mind that it needs to work for both parties. Okay. Yeah. This year, this year, calf prices are through the roof. Thank goodness. Thank goodness they're through the roof. And so these ET calves that, uh, the three of us are going to buy this year. They're going to be plenty spendy. I mean, some of those calves they're going to be they're going to be losers the second they get off the truck, and you have to understand that. But conversely, think about the years when those calves are worth eight nine hundred bucks. Oh, I did. I took in a heifer calves, David, that we put on feed for three months, and we're selling making two thousand a calf in three months. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it so. was good for it. Yeah, you're right. You got to follow the cycle and you got to, I don't know, that open communication is great. Yeah. And and any agreement you have, you have to consider that, that, uh, yeah, there's going to be some years that favors one of the parties. Another year, it's going to favor the other. Uh, in fact, in fact, uh, we had a cooperator before Joe and Katie. He came to me because he said, listen, I'm, I'm raising 200 calves a year, whatever the number was. He said, but it's for 10 different producers. He said, I don't want the hassle of dealing with all the different producers. I want to deal with one. So he came to us and he said, can you fulfill our needs? And I said, sure. And I said, you know, what do you charge? And he told me, and I said, that's not near good enough for you. It's not near good enough for you. You need to make more on this deal. Otherwise, it's not worthwhile. Okay, so I cost I cost us money in the process, but we earned his loyalty that he was going to be with us through thick and thin, and and he was until he 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 lost a bunch of lease ground, sold his ranch, and moved to another state, which is fine. But but you need to keep in mind that it needs to be good for the ET calf raiser. Okay, 
just like Joe, I mean, uh, some of the things we look at is we're going to spell out who pays for the drug cost, you know, the sink cost, who's going to pay for the transfer cost. And that's varied. And all the cooperators that we've used, sometimes we pay, sometimes they pay. It's just up up to you and the cooperator to work out. Uh, but we do, yeah, we, we specify. We want calves with two eyes. You know, I don't want a, a calf that comes in here that's got an eye that has to be removed. Uh, they need to be sound, not crippled, and not stunted. You know, everybody's got a cow that occasionally will stun a calf. You know, she just does a, a poor job. Or maybe the calf gets bummed through no fault of the cooperator or the cow. The calf gets bummed, gets separated for a week, and and you've got a, a little 400-pounder coming off the truck. So what I found, all the cooperators we, we've worked with have been very good about all that. They understand. Because a lot of these folks, they're used to selling feeder cattle. The little stunted bum calves are not going to be in the load. The calves with one eye are not going to be in the load. The calves that, that can't walk aren't going to be in the load. So they they get it. But communication is the key. Put it in writing. Like I said, it doesn't have to be through an attorney. Could be an email. Could be something you scribble down on the back of, of a napkin like Dave Mullins. But put it in writing. Bart's have. Bartab, um, I want to add though, David, I, I love your writing thing because it always gives you this backbone to go back to if anybody just doesn't remember. And oftentimes oh. you won't remember and you'll call for clarification. And then yeah. the, even that clarification is just a little off. But if everybody just has the document, you don't have to call for the clarification. Two years ago, I got into a deal with with ours where, um, you know, those late range, you can make up a lot of weight in California. But the clock is also ticking away if we have bulls that need to make our bull sale. And they would do better if the calves were weaned earlier. Well, guess what? If you wean a 400-pound calf from a cooperator, is he going to get paid as much or she? No, is the answer. And so you just got to you gotta have this open enough com- conversation to make them whole. Uh, that's what our yeah, goal absolutely. is always, to just make those people feel whole. That's what do we have to do to make them whole? Because fact is, guys, if you're running 50% conception, and you get 50 embryo calves, that's 100 cows you did not have to run for a year. And actually, there's ET passouts too, so probably like 110, 120 cows that you did not have to run for that entire year. Where are you going to lease that land? In California, you know, it's going to take it's going to take a 3,000-acre ranch up in our country to run those kind of cows. So to be able to have that access is a golden opportunity, provided the financials work for both parties and the relationships do. And it's a great, great risk management tool for commercial customers. My dad's one. Um, dad used Charlet bulls for years. How many of those how many of those nine sixteenths Angus or nine sixteenths? What, what am I saying? Fifteen sixteenths Angus cows. Do you see David that are still gray fifty percent of the time because of the diluter gene? Yeah. So yeah. they're great, great cows, but their calf, if they have a big old Charlet steer, he's a discount. So yeah, he started absolutely. putting embryos in all those great Charlet cows and has gradually kind of used them to to add value. It's been a wonderful relationship. No, it's it it, it can be great for both parties, no question. Okay, so uh, we hope that we answered that question. Uh, let's move on to another one. Uh, again, I don't, I didn't write down who sent these in, so uh, I apologize in advance. But so uh, this was a listener that I think he sent this to Vince. No, this was posted on the community. If you're talking about the cell pics, the what? Cell pics of cattle you don't own. What the hell are you talking about? We're on, we're on cut. <laughs> oh, keep cut or keep. My bad. 
Yeah. So I sent a, a list, Corbin. Yeah. Okay. Well, I okay. skipped that one. Did you did you print yours off, Corbin? You put little check marks like me. I don't have a see, we're <laughs> done with this one. <laughs> I don't have a printer. I love pulling back the curtain here, but uh so uh this this <laughs> listener asked in today's calf market, these calves are worth a mint, folks. Uh, this is a small operator. Should I cut or keep my bull calves? Should I cut or keep our bull calves? I'll go last, as usual. Vince, lead us off. Well, I definitely am going to cull a lot harder. I mean, why keep them around uh, every day? You know, when we feed um, these weaned calves, we're checking them out, and these guys are not growing or their feet are not what I like, let's get them out of here. Let's get them off the feed and cash it in. And this yeah. group that we're getting ready to wean, I mean, I've already been kind of looking through them, and I don't know. I mean, why keep them and feed them for a $4,000 paycheck when you can get a pretty good one right now? Yeah, yeah, no kidding. And, and, and the attrition that goes along with that. Yeah, and if they don't pass a semen check or they get hurt or yeah, whatever, you know. It's definitely worth thinking about for me. Yeah, yeah good well, point. If you're if you're a new breeder like uh, like a lot of our listeners are, like I am, I really feel that that it would be beneficial. Like if you don't have a customer base that's already there that you have these bulls that you could sell to that's every year, cut them and sell them. Go make yeah. seventeen hundred dollars for a steer. Don't keep that thing around because you know what happens to a lot of these guys that have twenty five or thirty cows and then they. They keep seven or eight bulls. Is they get they end up keeping those bulls till they're two years old. Yeah. Well, well you're not going to make any money the way things. You're not going to make any more money than you're going to make selling them right now off a of cow for seventeen hundred seventeen hundred dollars. Take advantage yeah. of it. But but like Vince said, that's something we should all be doing every year. Um, yes. Yeah. Just because he has nuts doesn't mean he should be a bull. Um, <laughs> exactly. And I think that's a lot of the problems that uh, that a lot of producers have. You know, me included. I'm like, well. You know, I know his mother. His mother's awesome, and I know I know his sire. His sire's awesome, so he should make a pretty good bull. But it doesn't always work that way, right? And don't keep one. And I, I think back to a guy in the next county ten years ago. I mean, he was selling these two year old bulls for like a thousand fifteen hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. Like, why? You, he yeah. would have been better even then in that market to gotten rid of his nuts and and called him at weaning. I mean, what are you doing? Are you just to say that you sold a bull or what? One thing about cutting them and selling them, and you know, whether you're taking them to the sale barn or whether you have a lot load that you're selling at Superior or something like that, is you know you have a place to sell them right now. And if you're getting a yeah. premium for your product right now, it's do it. You know? I mean, there's no there's no uh denying what our nation's cowherd's like. You know, it's it's smaller than it has been, and there's still opportunity to sell bulls, but I still feel like, you know. Take your check now if you can get it. Yeah, and I, I think, uh, Corbin, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, we're at record lows in terms of cow numbers, and everybody keeps talking about the great rebuild. Well, it didn't happen this yeah, year. It didn't happen. No. Not sure it's going to happen in the coming year because of these calf prices, okay? The calf prices are so high. The drought calf is prices, still, the drought's still a thing. Drought. Yeah. Calf prices, drought, labor feed cost. I mean, it's, it's all real. Okay. So I, I think we're going to enter into a new norm where we're just going to deal with a smaller national cow herd. 
Okay. So these guys are saying, you know, oh, the rebuild's going to happen. So I'm going to keep extra bulls. Guess what? Guess what? I, I think you're going to be off base on that one. I have another hypothetical for you guys. Uh, it's not on the list, but it's a great, it's a great, uh, it's kind of a piggyback off of what we're talking about. What about keeping heifers right now? Exactly. Should you keep more heifers right now or should you sell them because they're worth a mint where they're most, where they're worth a lot more? Okay. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to play with you here. And I, I want to answer this, this previous question, but, but I'll go ahead and answer your uh, new question. Do I talk too long to get to answer? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Go, David. <laughs> okay. Record high prices. What do we do when we have record high prices? We keep efforts because we no, got we more sell. money. Sell. We sell so, yeah. lifestyle. No, sell. That's what you sell. should do. Is that what people do though? You you it, get, listen. Buy them when they hate them. Sell them when they love them. But these suckers will keep heifers and sell bread heifers instead. Who who has made fortunes buying in and keeping in a record market? Nobody. Nobody. The, the <laughs> list is long, though. No. You you buy them when they hate them. Sell them when they love them. Your answer is correct, but I but but I would argue that people do the opposite a lot of the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I did that, but I did it in opposite, Corbin, with the heifer deal. I knew that cows were worth a lot of money, so I sold a bunch of cows and I kept you heifers did. so that I can keep numbers. Yeah, yeah. Well, but these cold done, cow prices are insane, done well. too. Yeah, I sold so they brought. Brought a lot of money. But and here's, okay, well, I'll bring it to light what happens to me in a bad year um, when the prices are down a lot and I'm selling $800 heifers. Well, I'm light on funds to keep going, so I end up selling heifers all the damn time. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of us do. That's what so, ends up happening. I, I want to. We're going way off on a tangent here. We'll we'll circle back to the question. Oh, for hell's sakes, Vince, quit rolling your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but I I tell you what, you mark my word, mark my word. This fall, we're going to see commercial bred heifers outsell registered bred heifers. It's going to happen. I believe it. I believe Joe's it. rolling his eyes now. No, no, no. no I'm thinking. No, it's I'm going thinking. to happen. It's going to happen. Hey, it happened of, in 15. It really did. But I those commercial it. bread heifers, so they're being marketed to commercial producers. Mm -hmm. These guys having production sales, are they're doubling down, putting all these bread heifers in, and then they're marketing to other registered guys. You're going to see that flip this fall. Write it down, folks. There were commercial commercial heifers today brought thirty nine fifty. Amen. And and I guarantee you, I don't ever say it. I guarantee you, you 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 watch these these purebred female sales. We're getting ready to have a bunch of them. Next three months, that's all we're going to see. Every day of the week, log into uh, sellring live. Log into DV auctions. Just watch those sales, and you're going to see commercial bred heifers. Bringing two thousand bucks, twenty two fifty, twenty five hundred. Meanwhile, their commercial counterparts are averaging thirty eight, thirty nine hundred. Absolutely. What you're telling me is to save my money. Don't send it to AAA and market. Well, you've them already got them registered. And it's, no, it's who it's who you market them to. That's what I'm saying. Market them as commercials. Amen. Yeah, but they're probably already registered at that point, anyways, right? Eh, just group maybe. them up and just group them up and sell them. Group, group them up, up and, and sell them. them. Truckloads. 
you know I don't register everything. I don't tag stuff for a week and a half. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I learned that last uh, episode. Yeah. Okay. So so let's go back to the uh, keeper call, keeper cut in today's market. So uh, the, uh, Corbin and Vince hit it on the head. If you're a small producer and you struggle to sell them any other time, I mean, you, you've got, so, I'm, I'm, everybody has a handful of customers that come to you year in, year out. You'd know how many bulls are going to buy. Take care of them. Take care of them. Take care of them. But my advice is cut all the rest. Listen, we're getting ready to have a bull sale here in, the, in uh, November. Joe's getting ready to have one in September. I'm not going to speak for Joe here, but I'm going to tell you, I'm cutting deep. Cutting deep. Because these cold bulls are worth a fortune right now. I didn't just sell a split load of feeder cattle because I kept a bunch of bulls. I mean, yeah, a I split load means there's a bunch of steers in there too. <laughs> and I, I look at them and and I won't average this, guys. I will not average this. But at weaning, I look at them and I say, could I sell you for 8000 bucks?" If the answer is no, you're probably going to get banded. And there you split. go. And, and, and they won't – I'm not saying they'll average 8000 well, I guess man. I guess I'll just ban every one of them from now on. Yeah, I guess I'm just going to cut all mine if if Forever. Joe's averaging eight thousand. Oh my God! Send more hate mail, please. <laughs> Hopefully, the community standards will will stop it. Go Joe B. So, uh, yeah, that 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 guy who posted the comment, he might be right. He's probably right. He's probably. Him, I don't Grady. average. I don't average even close to that. But that's the number I think of in my head. Get him, Grady. The point is, if an animal doesn't add value to someone. Uh, why not sell it when it's at its peak value? Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I tell you what, just live by that mantra. And bulls are stupid too, right? They try to find ways to hurt themselves and you're pouring oh. a bunch of feed into them and you're, you're going to find out whenever they get That's to right. stick their head in the hay ring and get stuck. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all kinds of stuff. How many commercial people have you guys had? I, I know I've had a couple who, who really want to dabble in the purebred thing. And so they buy a few purebred heifers from us. And then all of a sudden they AI a couple and then they want to keep bulls. And they're like, well, what do you think of us keeping bulls? And I feel like I can never comment because it just sounds like I'm, I'm just trying to protect that one bull slot that I get to them a year. So I'm like, well, maybe you should try it. Guess what? If they try very long, (laughs) they end up not, it's so much easier to buy bulls than it is to raise them. Holy smokes. Absolutely. And I gotta say, listen, I gotta say that was that was from uh Robert Whitaker and I's conversation. Oh, oh big, big game ball. Oh, Robert. Bobby. Bobby's not dead. He's, <laughs> He's still from alive. Link, isn't he? The breeder and he was on hiatus is why he wasn't I was getting worried about him. He wasn't answering Cute. my he calls me and then he then he dodged me, but he was on hiatus. I'll tell you what, he's moving some semen now. He sent me a, a royalty check the other day. Oh and I was like, dude, Robert. Big fatty, new truck. You're We're gonna need to truck. compare checks. It was pretty. Sp- Maybe I got the Atlantis one. That's <laughs> oh no, Robert's a good friend, uh, good guy. Yeah, those guys are moving some semen. They're doing good things. Yeah, and, and uh, maybe after these comments, uh, we won't get criticized quite as much by Robert. So. Highly doubt that. <laughs> well, That's I would have caught if I wouldn't have said that he and I talked about that. He would have thought that I was trying to steal it for myself. See, I didn't know that was from him. That was yeah. A good we were just chatting the other day on the phone. But that is said, a good hey, topic. It is very good topic. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so next topic. I'm ready now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. This is where I this is where I jumped to, but now we're there. Okay, so uh, I'm I'm not going to do this justice, but uh, someone commented on the community page 
about taking cell pics when you're on these ranch tours, you know, taking cell pics, cell phone pictures of, of cattle that you don't own, and then posting them to social media. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and lead off here. This will be fun. I'm going to get my popcorn. Yeah, this is a confessional, okay? <laughs> this is a confessional. So I am very anti that now. <laughs> oh. What? So it it uh well, you're like Derek like Derek Jeter. You got a basket where people have to check their cell phones? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What so, are you talking about? Let me Is let he? me tell you how we handle it now. <laughs> okay. So most most of our guests here at the ranch, they ask, Do you mind if I take a picture? And I always say, No, I don't mind as long as you don't share it on social media. Why is that? Because they don't always capture the true essence of the animal. Right. Listen, I've taken tens of thousands of cattle photos. Okay. Could go do it professionally today if I wanted. Guess what? I've taken a lot of bad ones. I've taken, we've, we've had them in a picture pin. We think it's a great shot. I snap it. You know, we, we download off the card in the evening and I look at that and I go, yeah, we're not going to use that. I thought it was great, but we're not going to use it. People don't have a filter for that. No. They just go ahead and post it on social media. You know, even the best cattle can look bad at times. It has everything to do with how they're standing, where the sun's at, what the background is. You know, uh, she, she, she might be leaning down to sniff a calf. The animal's not in its natural balance, okay? So every visitor I've had has been good about that. Now, now comes the confessional. And by the way, by the way, when I go on cattle tours, I, I try not to take any pictures. However, however, it was several years ago, six, seven, eight years ago, I saw a highly promoted AI bull. And I took a photo. Care to name him? Nope. <laughs> and I did share it on social media. I never named the bull. I just, I wanted to highlight the lack of selection pressure or just the, <laughs> the lack of overall, I don't know the word for it, that some of these AI studs put into selecting these sires. I mean, this thing was a beast. And I shared that on social media, and, and I meant for it to stay uh, totally anonymous. And I think I, I pretty much kept it that way. But everybody and their brother wanted to know who it was. And, and I've always felt guilt for doing that. Because maybe that bull was having a bad day. I don't think he was, but because it was right. a structural, structural issue. Okay. But that was not fair to the bull owner. It was not fair to the AI stud. And I truly regret doing that. But some of the comments that we read under that post on the, the community page really, really made me question. You know, people said, well, we deserve to see them. No, you don't. Get, get in a car and drive and go see them. Don't judge an animal based on a crappy cell phone video exactly. or a picture. Well, here's where I'm at, David. I, I really kind of, I kind of, 
it's all about intent with me. If someone's taking a video of your cow out there in your pasture, you know, you know if they're trying to send a, you know, well, this one's a piece of crap. You, you you're yeah. gonna know, you're gonna know what they're trying to do. And and I would say for the most part, um, the intentions of people are good. Now, when we bring there the AI studs into the discussion, that kind of changes things because it almost seems like when we go to the AI studs, we're looking for problems rather than looking yeah. for solutions. And I think that's uh, that's a byproduct. Like like that's a flaw. Like I'm I'm willingly ready to admit that. Like I'm the same way. Whenever I go to an AI set, I'm gonna go be like, look what you paid two hundred fifty thousand dollars for. What a piece of junk. <laughs> and 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 and, and I, more I times that. than not, that's what I find. But but I think as long as the intent the 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 intent is 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 good, I wouldn't have a problem with someone taking a video. Now, if we start talking about posting on social media, talking crap, being hateful, you know. You know, I don't know. That's that's not very nice. You know, I just be a little more tactful. Do unto others. That's exactly what I had, Corbin. Yeah, be tactful. You you said intentional too. There are intentions. Like when you guys sent that post through to me, I hadn't seen it. I was doing something. I was tagging calves or something, and I I remember my reply was, "Y'all better check yourself." And that was for all angles. Like if you have the kind of cattle that you are like, nobody should ever be able to take a picture of my animals. Like you better check yourself. Maybe yeah. you should be doing something different. I know. But then, but, but then having said that, <laughs> having said that, what are your intentions? Are you trying to I I had a conversation with a friend that goes, I like taking pictures because if I don't want to take a picture of something of yours, you probably have a problem. And I said, I get that, but extend that courtesy. I still do. Every place I go, if I see something I like, I'm like, man, do you do you mind if I take a picture of her or him? And usually those people will oblige. But uh, on the y'all check yourself thing, why in the hell would the first thing you do go put it on social media? Yeah, right. Like yeah. It, it, but but we're living in a culture, guys. We're living in a culture where people's highlights of their family summer vacation is taking picture behind a rock. I mean, okay. come on. <laughs> if you want to know about my soapbox, that's it. That's not how I get validation. I get the validation by going and finding animals in certain programs that might fit mine. And so this is someone's livelihood. It's their job. Now, now I had a conversation with the young man who did that post, super nice guy, uh, Colby Heaven, I think is Colby's name. Colby's a photographer. And um, he cited a situation where an animal was in an unfavory position and it was an animal that they had hoped would bring a lot of money. And then people started passing it around and stuff. What's your intention? You know, uh, if I've ever seen something like that and somebody calls me and they're like, you've seen cow 1638, what do you think of her? You know what? Maybe you should maybe you should go look at her because I probably didn't get great looks at her. Right. That's how I can reply to that. But I mean, what what are your intentions here? That's kind of my thing. When people you wouldn't uh, I, I sure hope I sure hope I wouldn't have you come over to my house. And you start taking pictures of dirty socks on the ground and texting it to friends <laughs> and putting on social media. Oh, I'm telling everybody about your dirty socks. Yeah. But having said that, you see the, the see the dirty socks, your memory should be able to remind, remember that. I hope yeah. you probably don't yeah. have to take a picture to remember that. Or maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe that makes you feel better about yourself. With Check yourself. All that said and all that in mind, I think it's each and every one of our goals to to find the bad to keep from doing it. And so there's right. a really fine line there. You know what I mean? Where, you know, I know I've sent pictures of, of stuff that kind of sucked before to you guys, like in our group text and stuff. And it might have been one I raised. It might have been one I've seen. Um, it doesn't matter. But I think there still has to be a way 
to shed light on what doesn't work, right? Like there has to be. Well, that's what you hit on when you're talking about going to the studs. We look for problems. Well, yeah, sometimes we look for problems because we're not such nice guys and we want them to fail because they spent $250,000 on this sorry bull. But when you go to a stud and you're looking at these animals that you're thinking about using, you got to find their faults to know how to mate them because right. every animal has a fault. Yeah. Not, there's not one that's perfect. I mean, you're going to find the one with the least amount of faults and make sure your cow covers. Yeah. That's how I look at it. Yeah. When we go to the studs, we want to help people, right? We want to help people not make a decision. We wouldn't. He's a nice bull, but you got to protect him here. And sometimes I say he sucks. Don't use him. Right. (laughs) I mean, just point blank. Don't use that. And I think, I think it's sort of like, it's like the, the people too. I I mentioned the rock just kind of ingest, but it's like, how many people do you see at a Jason Aldean concert? I'll, I'll use him and maybe it'll pop us up the charts. You see him at a Jason Aldean concert taking a selfie with Jason Aldean, but they aren't watching and listening to Jason Aldean. It's right. like, maybe just sit there and just take it in, try to learn something. But I don't think that's where we're at as a society. I, no. I, I don't, unfortunately. Right. No, we're we're unfortunately uh, more concerned with earning likes. Yeah. Correct. And internet points than... Uh, the experience. I'm all about the experience. And and I've matured over the years, you know, had we had social media 25 years ago. Woo! What kind of camera did what kind of video camera did you have then, David? <laughs> they didn't even have video cameras back then. Yes, we did. <laughs> on his shoulder. Yeah, recorded on a VCR cassette. Yeah. Care if I take a video? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's move on to the next topic. And and this one, Vince called me today and he said, what in the hell does this mean? But so I see a lot of folks anymore. Um, and I value being different in our breeding program, being distinct. Uh, Joe's program is, is very distinct from mine, which is very distinct from Corbin's, which is very distinct from Vince's. However, however, I know that we all have a goal. We all value quality. You know, definition of quality is going to vary from person to person. But we're starting to see some programs, some individuals pop up that I think are being different for the sake of being different. Not necessarily that they're trying to produce something uh, that's of extreme high quality that's a little different than what Joe's doing or I'm doing or Corbin or Vince. And I know that's a, a, a little bit of a difficult concept for me to verbalize here. I, I did a poor job verbalizing it to Vince earlier. No, it's good. <laughs> I have I have the quote. I have another one of my one-liners. What's different is not always right, and what's right is not always different. Right. It's that simple. Perfect. Perfect. Joe, Joe always bells me out on these deals. All right. Where were you at earlier when I was talking to David? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> As I was trying to get Vince off the phone, I said, ah, don't worry about it, Vince. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk later. I'll explain yeah, I got to go. He says, like, I got to go. Okay, so we're going to move to another question that Vince, Vince, you gave this to Will, us. Will Chapman. Will Chapman. Will Chapman. So, Vince, my notes make no sense. Perhaps you can better tell us what this this question is. We were just in text, and um, 
just out of the blue, he sends me, I can't remember exactly what it was. We were on the phone, actually, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but basically monetary value doesn't make a donor. In other words, if you give 30 grand for a cow, that doesn't mean that she should be a donor. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be any argument Reaching here. to the choir on that one. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I've flushed as many $3,500 cows as I have $35,000 cows. Yeah. They need to earn it. Yes, absolutely. Earn it. So what's production. the question there? What's the question? No, then it's just kind of a statement like, what do you, do you think that, um, monet, do you think that monetary value should define an animal? I mean, there were some sales today that I guarantee you there were some hundred plus thousand dollar cows sold. The, does that mean that they're a donor? But you know, they're going to have to flush them to try to recoup some of that money. Yeah, that's that's the ugly side of this business. Maybe maybe we're unpacking this a little funky, Vince. Uh, honestly, yeah. well, speak up, Joe. Well, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> I've been allowed to talk this whole podcast. No, I've been muzzled. Yeah, you went. You went radio silent for a damn reason in the last segment. You know, I think everybody here knows where my principles lie. I don't speak think up. I need. To, I don't think I need a. I don't think I need a podcast to clarify that. But let me just say, I think maybe what Chappie was trying to say is that. Like just because someone yes. paid thirty five thousand for her does not make her of value in my eyes. Is that right. maybe a little yes. different spin on yes. that? And so it's sort of like when we look at it's about context too, because I guarantee you a cow that sells for thirty thousand out of the Bruin Ranch it never sells one. That's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's like a big absolutely. big deal. But when you go to another place that's selling like four and five hundred thousand dollar donors all day long, and they sell a bunch of virgin heifers for thirty, forty, that does that justify her existence to be used uh, population wide? I don't think so. Now, the gentleman or woman that bought her, though, I, I would assume that if they have any sort of any Sense? sort of business business acumen, <laughs> if they're going to you buy her for that, they're going to have to flush her. So. I I appreciate Will's questions. I think he's he's like yeah. two for two on good questions yeah, and is. stimulating thought. Um, but I I agree. Yeah, yeah. Just because somebody paid that doesn't make it worth that. I mean, one of our very right. favorite cows, um, I think was eighteen hundred dollars here. Uh, right. Daisy. So the answer to the question is: if you paid thirty thousand dollars, you better flush her. But in my eyes, she's probably not worth the shit. He's not probably not worth her thing. Well, so, I don't. I don't know. think we can make that assumption that she's not any good. But I, one of my biggest pet peeves, and and I'm guilty, guilty as charged. You get these sale catalogs, and the footnote is nothing but monetary figures. Oh, it's so annoying. This one's Dam's sister's cousin. Great granddam in 1946 brought <laughs> 26,000 to Joe Blow, who is also a client of the cell manager. So we had to get their name into the footnote, too. I mean, give me a break. Did you know yeah. that's my biggest pet peeve is on a ranch tour when they I almost have to have their accountant? They have their accountant <laughs> with them where they're like, Oh yeah, well, Susie's second calf brought eighty thousand, and then we would have done. I'm like, no, no, just just let me look at the cattle, please. Just, <laughs> I would love to just look at your cattle. Yeah, give me their production record if you want to that'd give me great. information. Yeah, that'd be fabulous. 
I would be more excited to talk about how good her calf was or is or whatever, how many good calves she's had. Than what her sire brought at auction? Or, yes, any of it. What her <laughs> calves have sold, what I gave for her, if I raised, you know, her grandmother, whatever. I'm more willing to talk about what she's done as far as quality and not uh, value. You know what Same I want to know when I go to your place? I want to know why you do this. Yeah. That's what I want to know. And that's Good what point. I try to get to at every place I'm at. Why do you do it? What until makes you, you tick? get here, I get to think about that until you get here. Because you don't want bush hog. That's, <laughs> that's the answer. I heard it on the podcast. <laughs> so it's funny you bring that up, Joe. So I'm I'm at this point in my career and my life, I, I do a lot of reflection. And I've shared this with some of my more recent ranch tours that have come through here. And they, they look at me like I'm a space alien. Because I I they don't ask, but I share it. I say, you know, I often question why I do what I do, but here is why I do what I do. And it's the little things at this point. It's the things that none of us really consider because i i did a lot of reflection this summer i mean it's no secret we had a little health issue here with some calves and that will get you thinking about it for sure we're dealing with weather and i'm going why am i working 18 hours a day and and uh and by the way so we calve in the summer and somebody before we started calving they said aren't you excited and i said no no (laughs) Because I've calved enough at this point, that doesn't excite me. Here's what makes me tick. Here's what really gets me excited. It's that instinct. It's the instinct of the cow to protect the calf. And it's that intelligence of that cow that here comes Brownie. He's going to grab my calf. I'm not going to attack him. But if it's a coyote or a bear, look out. Okay? So it's that intelligence. It's that instinct of that newborn calf, been on the ground for a minute, two minutes, already scrambling to his feet and knows exactly where that milk is. That's instinct. Yep. And, and, and so that's what makes me tick right now. It's the little things that we take for granted. And it's all, that also the opposite is true that makes you just freaking mad is Lose when one my does mind. the opposite of that. Lose my mind. So, yeah, we've been blessed this year. It, it, and we're not finished yet, okay? So I just jinxed myself, but we've been blessed. Producer Shauna's in here. She's with me on all this. Thank God she's with me. I mean, she is my rock. But I think we've had one cow this year. And she 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 didn't mind her calf. She just I think she got confused. Uh, she started calving, and it was hot. And I opened the gate and let her into another pasture where there was shade. And I think that just that made her short circuit. She had her spot spot picked out, probably. Yeah, she liked her calf, but she wasn't entirely sure. Okay, so it just it took a little bit of work from us. Got them bonded up. And now she she loves that calf like no other calf. And she's always been that way. I mean, that would have been the last cow that we ever anticipated would have just had any doubt in her mind. But this is really the first year that, I mean, we haven't had to battle any, you know, getting them to claim their calves. And, and you know, you'll run into that occasional one 
that it's a hormonal imbalance that causes them to freak out. And they're like, oh, what's this thing? I've got to, you know, I've got to bash it into the ground. So we haven't had any of those that, this year. And, and so it's the little things that, that really make me tick and, and make me appreciate what I do. Um, it's not the matings. It's not the potential value of those calves. It's just seeing Mother Nature at work, seeing that instinct. So we should probably have an episode or a segment at some point because I want to know what makes these other guys tick, and, and I want to know what makes our listeners tick. What, what gives you enthusiasm? for doing what you maybe do. that should be one of our questions for the next next i i don't think you can unwrap that in in 30 I, seconds i'd be 45 minutes corbin <laughs> well we could do a whole podcast on it i guess i mean i've already killed five six seven minutes on it but uh so so guys i want to uh i want to do some shout outs okay because the one thing that that uh has has just uh really hit me hard recently the number of people that uh, listen to us that we can now consider friends. And, and so I'm going to, I'm going to read a list of names. These folks have all come through Montana ranch here in the last couple of weeks. And I think all but one were listeners. And the one that was here after he left, he binge listened us and then wrote <laughs> me the nicest email uh, this morning saying, man, I, I, I really appreciate what you guys are doing. So uh, rapid fire, I'm going to run through this. Uh, Dr. John and Lauren Kornman from Illinois. Great folks. Pleasure meeting them. Michael and Robin Proctor from Wyoming. Uh, good friends. Good friends next. Uh, Sammy and Connie Ayers from Kentucky. And, and they brought some friends out. And, and Sammy... Sammy made that whole carload of people just binge listen. I mean, they were on the road for several days, and that's all they did was listen to the Angus Underground. Uh, but they brought their friends, Chris and Wendy Clark, also from Kentucky. Uh, pleasure meeting Owen Tunney from the United Kingdom. Owen Tunney is a, uh, a faithful listener of the podcast, and he brought along his friend, uh, Ewan Morrison, who actually lives here in Big Fork. So that was cool meeting him. Uh, Daniel Walsh and his fiance Alyssa from Kansas. Thanks for coming out, guys. Uh, Monique and Corey McKinnon. Uh, Elliot and Tash from New South Wales, Australia. Uh, Monique, this was her second visit to the Montana Ranch this, this year. And uh, Monique's, Monique's a, a great, great person, great mind. Uh, she's got a wonderful future in the Angus business. Uh, and then we've got Eddie and Jessica Venadal and their family from California, old, old friends of ours, wonderful people. I know Eddie's a faithful listener of the podcast. Uh, they took time out to come see us. And then Monty and Ambry Moore from Nevada. Uh, I want to thank all those folks for being listeners of the podcast. And, and thank you for taking time out to come see me here at Montana ranch. Do you guys have any shout outs? Wait, I had a visitor. I had a visitor. I get to actually <laughs> I get to actually give a shout out. Give it. Uh Colin and Cameron Davis from Sanatobia, Mississippi. They they made the trip up. They actually made a big a big tour. They went to several different places and uh great folks. 
I think that he makes her listen to the underground because he's obsessed. <laughs> he's a little obsessed with it. But um, no, great folks. She is actually. I thought she was in labor in the back seat at one point. Oh my! <laughs> I hit. <laughs> I hit a, a hole that uh, didn't realize was there. And I thought she said her water broke. Oh, geez. So I was like, oh, my God. So that would have been a really oh. epic, epic, epic That would tour. be. Great what folks. A fun, what a Absolutely fun tour. Huh? Great folks. Not very close to Mississippi, were they? <laughs> no. Oh, that's no, cool. they were not. That's cool. And then uh, I, I don't want to omit this. Uh, Dylan Moore. Dylan Moore's a listener. Dylan, I'm sorry. Uh, Dylan's schedule changed. And uh, unfortunately, we we get so dang busy here this time of the year. I couldn't accommodate him. But uh, uh, Dylan, please come back and see us another time. Corbin, any shout outs? Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> but I got 400 text messages and 7,000 emails. So Yeah, you're wanting to shout out that guy from the uh, trampoline park, aren't you? I really do, but <laughs> I'm not, not allowed. Y'all told me not. no. I think I missed this. What a weirdo. <laughs> There's some weird Did folks I? in this world. I appreciate all the calls I got about. Uh, I got two two sets of calls that I wanted to address. First of all, calls about Packers controlling genetic trend. And, and to every person I've said, you know, we were, were kind of trying to navigate that podcast without David. And then David came back and, and actually I thought hit on that topic rather nicely. And I would have had fun being able to unpack that part of it with him earlier. Cause I think I probably didn't explain that well, but I would agree with you guys. Absolutely drive genetic trend. The second one on fixing your gates guys, context, context, context. David said the people who had the ranch could have bought the gate company. So yes, yes if you are by yourself on ground you're trying to buy and cows that aren't paid for and you got a job in town and you got a gate that's got a hay twine, you know, I don't, that's not passing judgment. I think the bigger point there was do the best you can with the resources you have available. That was the greater point of that conversation. I fixed two gates. Did they miss the part where I had 20 gates laying on the ground right now? I've had to text people the pictures of the hay twine that I used. I did remove the halter because I didn't want to make Sean upset. No, so, but... the halter is better than the string. The halter is always attention. better than the string, yes. I have fixed two gates this week, just so you know, <laughs> on record, rehung, new post, off the ground, not dragging, and good latches. Good for you. Bless I your sprayed heart. Roundup on everything that even <laughs> looked like it might need Roundup sprayed on. So okay, so we, we're running way long, but I'm going to share a quick, quick story. I I promise this will be short. Okay, so part of the inspiration on that that gate comment. Okay, it hit really close to home. So I'm I'm going to give you the the context. So um, and and we pull back the curtains here. So we had a nine year old recip cow. Okay. She got confused. She was in the middle of calving. She got confused. Okay. She started claiming another calf. She had a calf. She didn't know which calf to take. And, and so, uh, producer Shauna, she, she alerted me to the situation. So we go out there and have you ever tried to get a cow away from a calf? I mean, it's just insanity. And uh, I think my rig was broke my side by side. So I'm in Shauna's and I'm jamming gears and it broke. And so, long story short, we get her to the barn, 
Okay, we're just going to throw her in a stall. We know that it's going to take, you know, 30 minutes. They're going to bond up, kick them out, and be done. Okay, so we get the calf in. And we've got nice gates. Okay, these, I don't know, if you call them cowboy latches, you know. There ain't nothing cowboy there, David. They're nice steel <laughs> gates. <laughs> there ain't nothing cowboy there. But, but it's got a latch that you push over, and it's got a little flipper on top. Yes. Okay. So. I get the calf inside the barn, and I reach up to flip the flipper. I flip the flipper at the exact same time that producer Shauna is wrenching on the latch, thus smashing my finger. Oh, my. And I'm not talking about smash it a little bit. Smash it to the point where Brownie has a you little meltdown. You didn't say anything bad, did you? I did not say anything. That's the key. I never said a word. I might have thrown something, not at producer Shauna, but in anger, I threw something. Producer Shauna proceeds to start screaming at me. <laughs> She's right. <laughs> if you would have had that latch oiled, that wouldn't have happened. She's right. She might be right, but Shut I don't up, deserve Joe. I don't I know where my bread's buttered. Here. Come on. It is on <laughs> David. Up. And this, this was like a 10-minute tirade. Okay. That she has her own side by side. Hers is clean too. That's where Hers I got clean. stuck in this conversation. She's got her own side by side. And well, she let David... you borrow it. And you're being mean to her. Little Louie and little Sammy go for a ride every day. So they yeah. need a side by side. Okay. Yeah. And then she was kind enough from the depths of her heart no, to let you kind. borrow. Her side by side. You and think what did he you asked. Do? You throw stuff. No, I didn't ask. That's I what should, you do. I should scoot over. Let me do this. <laughs> she should have told you to get away. And she said, ooh, she boy, pretty I'm much gonna did. I'm going to smash your finger so hard in she a minute. She needs a hot shot. She should have hot drive. shotted you right in the butt when you were trying to sit down. Well, that's another story. She she has been hot shotted <laughs> right in the butt. <laughs> you, know how many, you know how many times my bride would say, her tirade would be, I just don't know why we don't get more help around here. This is a perfect example. Yeah, that was you don't have time to oil the gates, and then you have this problem, and now i got to take you to the urgent care, and we don't <laughs> have time to go to the urgent care. we got to be at a baseball game, and uh, that's how all this goes. Okay. Well, we beat on this horse enough, but I had <laughs> to share that. And they're always right, David. They're always right. Unfortunately, they're always right. No, not in that case. No. No. <laughs> go no. Oil the I was going to open up. the gate. Okay. So <laughs> let's wrap this up. <laughs> uh, we're we're going to see you back here in two weeks for the listener appreciation second anniversary episode. Joe, until then, keep it on the ground. Amen. See ya. This episode of Angus Underground was brought to you in part by Montana Ranch, the source for balanced trade Angus, which are different by design. If you love this episode, head over to where you listen to podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review. Also, check us out on social media where you can interact with us and to suggest subjects that you'd like us to cover on upcoming episodes.